first of all, welcome to the Scott Risk Matters podcast. But with us today, we have Manny Souza from Samit Corporation in Greensboro. Manny is the EHS uh, manager of VP of EHS at Samit. So thank you for coming here to our office here in Greensboro and jumping on talking about risk. Yeah, thank you, Scott. I appreciate the opportunity and, and the chance to speak with you. Yeah. So give us a little bit, but for those who don't know anything about Samit Corporation, it's been around in, in the triad for a long time, but for those who don't know anything about Samit, tell us about that. All right. Well, I'm, I'll take my best shot at it. I don't know if I'm going to do justice, but um, here's what I know. I mean, Samit is a, it was a, a GC here, a company founded in 1961. Um, local company, right? Born, started in Greensboro area in the Winston-Salem area. area. Um, has grown quite a bit in, in the last 60 years. You know, just recently we celebrated our 60-year anniversary. Um, and it's just incredible to me and being with the company for two years now, the growth and 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 how much Sam had expanded and without really losing its roots, who they are, and where they started, and 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 the way they are culturally. So, and it's very very interesting place to work. I'm, and I'm telling you, still based here in Greensboro. Still based in Greensboro, but have grown. What regions are you covering now? Okay, so uh, Sema today has six main regions and some room for growth there to a few different regions. But the key regions that we have right now is Greenboro, Greensboro as headquarters. Uh, we have Charlotte. Um, we have Raleigh. Um, Wilmington as one of our newest region. Um, then we have uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and Savannah. Okay. So those are our key six main regions that are currently operating today. Okay. And you tell us a little bit about your role there in at Samet. Okay. So we chief can chief uh, hammer swinger. Okay. So you can say I'm a head of safety, right? I, I took the, the role uh, two years ago as a safety director uh, at Samet. So I was kind of heading the whole safety and, and if you want to call risk management uh, um, department. Um, that role have expanded quite a bit uh, into a more corporate function and, and the leadership role to support the, the, the various departments within the organization. Um, but, you know, my current role today is the VP of Environmental Health and Safety. Um, I work hand-in-hand with our uh, regional VPs, right, the, the, the head of each of the regions, uh, our CFO, and our presidents of construction. So there's a, a holistic approach when it comes to risk management and, and planning and delivery yep. um, of our projects. And, and all aspects of the, not just the, the construction part, but the development as well? Um, I'm not that involved in the development part, but the, all the construction side, yes. I yep. think my involvement is more on the construction side than it is on the development side. From, from Samet Properties, right? Yep. And yep. I, I think that's where you're referring yep. to. Yeah. Sam, we see the, uh, for those who are traveling through the, uh, through the region, you see the, the uh, signs for coming soon or here's a uh, property that is owned by Samet, or you see some of that out there. And that's yeah, more of the... Yeah, it's quite a bit. The, the, it's quite a the important property part of our business. Yeah. Uh, indeed. So um, your background for you that can't pick up the accent is not necessarily Greensboro, North Carolina based. No, it's not. <laughs> and I'm and, and people probably get really confused about my accent too, but I've been here for for a little bit longer than you have. 
but you know, I'm from Sweden, but you have a little bit unique background as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm originally from Brazil, um, from a small town in Brazil. Um, believe it or not, very similar to the way of life here in the Greensboro area, um, which is something that I relate to quite a bit. Yep. Um, it's been a blessing being here, but Brazil was home. And, you know, I, was, I came to the U.S. when I was 19, um, so most of my life I've been here, but Brazil is, is hometown. And that was in Florida? You came yeah, it was Florida. Yeah, Florida was home for me for yeah, a little over 20 years, and then I started traveling. Um, but I, I still consider Florida kind of home in Sec- a way. Second home. Second home, yeah. Third Away home. Away from home. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then give us a little bit, because uh, you've, been, you've been in this, so not to give away your age, but how long have you been in the, in the risk management safety field? Well, I've been in safety for about 20 years yep. as a full-time safety professional and been in construction since I came from Brazil. Um, my father was a small contractor in Florida and was pretty much uh, off the plane and visiting construction sites. Um, I didn't come here to stay. I was on my summer vacation and going to college in Brazil and and all of a sudden, one thing led to the next, and we ended up staying longer. Um, I came with my brother. He was in the military. He was a high-rank official in the Brazilian Army. And, you know, one thing led to the next, and we ended up staying. So pretty much being in construction since I what, what was uh, What trade was your dad in? He was a GC. He was okay. a GC as well. Yeah. Okay, great. We managed around, you know, 2 to $4 million worth of work at the time in the South Florida market. Okay. And then you got into, so how did you get into, what was your first, did you did you go to work for your dad in the beginning? Oh, yeah, I did. I started with my dad, and, and unfortunately, there was a tragic event. My, I lost my dad early on, um, and I went to work for his brother, and he owned a stucco um, outfit in Florida. So I think that was my biggest exposure on the family side because I started doing a lot of work with him and and started managing the jobs for him. And that was my introduction to the big GCs, started doing bigger projects. Um, One of the biggest projects I did as a stucco contractor was a 37-story tower in Miami for a larger GC that later I went to work for as a safety professional. Yeah. So back in those days... uh, was and, and and I'm interested because you started in operations and 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 then you got into kind of the safety side of it. What did they attract you, or were you attracted to that from the beginning? Well, great question. I, I don't think I was ever intentionally attracted to the risk management or the safety aspects of it. They were attracted to me. I think it was more of a style. Uh, compatibility there you know they yep. like how I manage my work they like how I deliver the work and in, in a safe manner of course and and that kind of generated an interest to bring this individual into their team um, and when they reach out to me one of the openings they had was in risk management was as a safety professional and I remember the first phrase when I heard the opportunity and the safety I said safety you know I don't think I have enough qualifications to be a safety manager and and their, their immediate answer said, don't worry about the qualifications. We'll get you the qualifications. That, that's the easy part. Uh, we, we're, we need Manny to be on our team, and that's how it started. So I'm also curious, too, back in – back. so uh, approximately what what year was that? This was 2003. 2003. All right. 
back in those days, how much discussion was it about safety versus risk management? You know, here at Scout, we talk about risk performance a lot, which is more of the action-based or what you do. Um, but, you know, I was working as a safety manager myself at that time. And, and I was in, my background was in manufacturing, not in construction. But, um, but you didn't hear much about risk management. No, not at all. Good point, right? At the beginning, it was very entry-level basics around safety, right? And we're talking about uh, physical protection, PPE, and fall protection, and, and that was kind of the extent of it. M more um, regulatory-based. Yeah, more uh, compliance-based yep. stuff than, than big-picture risk management, right? I think that came later in my career with experiences in different jobs and different uh, support roles that I play in, you know, in different parts of the U.S. But at the beginning, it was just purely compliance and and physical risk management at the yeah. time. And your learning curve was, I mean, this was a fresh a fresh set of eyes or, or a fresh experience in your, in your background, even though you've been on the operation side. Now you had to learn some new stuff. Yeah, but it, it was it was very good though. It, it was very uh, it was very it was a smooth transaction. I mean, transition into the safety part because I was already attracted to the constructability portion of it, right? How you put something together yep. in an efficient manner. So introducing the safety aspects on things that we could or could not do, it, it was fairly easy. And I think the 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 biggest offering that that many brought to the table was just the ability to listen and just make a contribution without being um, just compliance driven, right? Without being the, the, the cop of safety, the ramrod or the, yeah. here's the standard that says thou must do this. Indeed. Here comes Manny hide. <laughs> All right. And then, but you grew and eventually, so how long were you with that company? Ah, I, I should have pulled up your LinkedIn profile here and have it in front of you, but yeah, I'm almost 17 years. Was, okay, yeah. So I think the biggest change, right, as far as experience and exposure, happened in 2008, uh, and the downturn of our economy, right, especially in the construction industry in many areas of the U.S. or, or globally. Um, I was offered a unique opportunity to become what they call at the time a global auditor. And, and pretty much was a troubleshooter. I used to go to different parts of the U.S., different regions, and help teams on projects that they were having challenges with. Sometimes those challenges were purely driven by safety performance. Some other safety performance was just a, a, a bypass product of all the delays and financial impacts and, and trade partners default. So the, the, the main root cause of the issues varied quite a bit. But that exposed me to many different markets and styles and and project sizes that gave me a unique perspective and a great opportunity to learn. And this was for a pretty large company. Yeah, this were, was for an international company with uh, operations throughout Europe, Australia, yep. Asia, Americas. Big, yeah. And big projects size yeah so yeah significant large projects yeah yeah so at that time in 2008 when i started traveling and i traveled for about five years so my area of coverage was north america central america and south america wow so we had projects in brazil chile peru argentina mexico and the u.s so those were the areas that i, I ended up getting involved and supporting at the time and then you got tired of traveling 
Well, I, I did, and I think the company And the kept, opportunity came knocking. Yeah, and they, they kept a good eye on us to make sure that we're not sacrificing our families and, and our personal lives just for the company, right? So I got offered the opportunity to come back and said, man, you've been away from home for too long, so we have a position for you here back home, and I, I did embrace it, which brought me back to Florida. Um, did a few jobs in the Florida market. I was the safety director for that company in Florida for a period of time, and then again, the needs... Uh, kept coming in to support other markets because of the larger scale projects. So before coming to Salmon here, the, the, the latest opportunity I embraced was the West Coast. Yep. Uh, I actually, for the first time, moved my family out there to California and ended up leaving California for a little over five years. Wow. That's more than most people want to stay there. Yeah, Did I just say yeah, that? That's definitely <laughs> I mean, a beautiful state. No, I mean, we, we enjoy our We're, time We're in California, what, San Diego? No, and I lived a little north of LA, about thirty miles. Okay, in the, in the mountains there. Yeah. Wow. So, curious. Next step in your journey. I mean, going from Brazil to Florida is one big transition, and and but you were there for a long time, and then seeing California. But had you ever heard of Greensboro, North Carolina, when you lived in Miami, outside of LA, and Greensboro, North Carolina, a little bit. Well, honestly, no. I, I don't recall, but I had been pretty closed. I had done a, a project in Winston-Salem. Okay. Um, we did a VA hospital uh, in the area, and I did a project in Chapel Hill, which, honestly, I love the area. The, the two opportunities that I had to interact with the locals and, and the local market, I just loved it. I think it was the closest experience to home, home in Brazil. You know, the people, the culture, and, and it is very positive experience. And I think that was the beginning of, you know, the reason why Manny's here today. Yeah. Those two experiences. And now you've been there two years? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be two years here in a few weeks. Yeah. It was, it's weird because sometimes I feel like time flies. and But that was right. So you, you took that leap right in the middle of COVID. I did, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that was one of the contributing factors, too. Yeah. Uh, and this is a funny story. There's it, really not much to it, but uh, along my career, I developed some very strong relationships. Some, I mean, good relationships based on respect, trust, and, and mutual um, successful results, right? So um, I got a phone call from one of my peers, somebody I had worked with in the past, right? When I came off the, the traveling uh, part of what I did to Florida. We did a very successful project in the west coast of Florida. And one of the executives I work with, we became friends. And he's the one that made the call to me. And it was a technical question about a safety product. And, and the conversation expanded. And they and he said, Manny, we've been looking for somebody out here. You know, and he described Salmon and it sounded very attractive, the culture, the people. Um, the things that he was involved with. And he said, Manny, this, this would be a great opportunity. And I only had to say one thing. I, I remember vividly I said the phrase, tell me more. And when I said that phrase, he kind of really, the conversation <laughs> tone changed completely. And, and he started calling other people, and I started getting calls shortly after that. And here I am. So he was testing <laughs> you out to see if you were even interested. I think it was. Uh, so, but it, it was it was really good. I, I don't regret has been a great experience. So, where at that time, at, at that time, where were so in the risk performance journey of Samit, which have grown now? You mentioned sixty years, and and 
has grown just a tremendous amount. But from a risk perspective, when you came, where were they then? And if I can, if I can fast, if I get your, th- be thinking about where were they then, where are you now, and where are you going, from a from an uh, from the organization's, you know, goal, strategy, action, perspective. Hmm. That's a excellent question. A very technical question, right? So when I came down here to meet, just your perception. Yeah, of it, yeah. When know? I came down to to meet the leaders, uh, I had one question in mind. I said, Why me? You know, why are you you looking for more? Why are you trying to bring this individual from a, an international company that, that's working on this, all these large projects to, you know, Greensboro, North Carolina? Um, and, and I met some of the leaders, and, and they expressed their desires, and, and they took me around. They took me to see the projects that we had and, and all the different market sectors that we're working in, and, and I could clearly see the need for more, right, for for uh, a higher delivery strategy when it comes to the, the safety and environmental aspects. And I also saw the great desire to continue to grow the culture of care. And that's pretty much what SAMA Safety is, is founded on, a culture of care versus just compliance, which totally aligns with my experience and what I've done in all my life in safety, right? All my career, um, all the years in, in safety. So to me, I was a perfect fit. Now, the growth had been significantly, right? And and within growth comes changes and opportunities and transformation. And they had done an incredible job, right? Because they got there because they were very successful what they were doing, but they were looking for more. And I said, look, without reinventing the wheel, I think I can add a lot to the to the work that this company and organization has done up to this point. And and I embraced it. So it was what, what, yeah, what were some of those just a few of the building blocks that you saw that were that perhaps were missing or that needed to be beefed up. Yeah, I don't think there's anything missing, but when I when I came in I realized the the profile of our clients and the size of the projects and and how much Samit was doing. I said, "Look, I can guarantee that the both Samit and our stakeholders and our teams are going to be benefited significantly from a bigger structure on the safety side." Right from a from a structure that could deliver more support, more guidance, uh, more ideas, and and manage that work in a manner that represented who we were at the time. D- expand that a little bit too, because I think that there's a big difference between the safety department or risk management department of an organization as a resource versus the doer. If you if if you know where I'm going with this. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, and I can, I and I can see where a lot of companies are. Um, they are the one who expected, who are expected to keep things safe, or to do, uh, to 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 um, to make the impact. Versus the impact that you can have is to be a resource to the operations folks. Yeah, and, and, and that question, right? If you came to any organization, to any brand, and ask, what does safety mean to you? And you're going to hear this phrase a lot. Safety is number one. Yep. It, it sounds great, right? Well, what, what does that mean, right? How much uh, of what you do is safety part of it? Or what parts of your department's safety is embedded and integrated into how you plan your work, how you deliver your work, how you sell your brand, right? So the, the biggest opportunity there is to ensure the safety uh, or a safe approach was embedded into all aspects of new opportunities. Um, clients are looking for that 
brand result, right? They're, when it comes to you, they expect to be safe, to be on time, to be on budget, right? They expect all those things, and those are values that come associated with your brand. So I think the, the, one of the biggest perspectives I brought in is just early engagement. You know, let's look at every opportunity there and do an initial early risk assessment to ensure we have a strategy to deliver that opportunity successfully. And the key here is successfully, right? Safely, on time, on budget, high quality, right? Something that would really bring true value to the brand and to how, you know, with the things that we can do. And, and, and I'm assuming then that that had, you saw opportunities to be able to do more and earlier in those, in those times. Yeah, and look, I, I can say this in, in, in summary, right? Summit had invested in some incredible tools to help them manage the manage the, the overall safety management within Salmon, right? Yep. Those tools had to be calibrated a little bit, had to be sharpened a little bit and put to use. Um, and for you to get the best results out of the tools, you got to train people how to use that tool and what that tool is for. So we invested heavily through good communication, open communication on, you know, strategies, uh, conversations. There's many ways to build a building. There's many means and methods out there that can deliver different results. So we're not talking about just safety glass and hard hat. We're going to talk about big picture uh, means and methods on the delivery front, right? I mean, if, if we're looking here, I'm looking outside of your window, beautiful buildings and a, and a beautiful sunshine day. And if somebody said, look, we need to resurface or refinish this entire facade, you know, I can come to USA and Asia, they do bamboo scaffold, and yep. it looks great. That's how they work out here, out there, right? Or I can just kind of try to hire a local guy. They may have some old scaffolds out there, or I'm going to go to a reputable scaffold supplier and get the best-in-class product that's available to this market to deliver the best platform, safest platform that people can work with without impacting the client, the neighbors, the neighboring properties, right, and everything that's around it. So the outcome is directly related to the amount of effort you put in to deliver a best-in-class solution. How much of that is thinking differently? I'm, I'm not sure what you call differently, right? Well, I, mean, I, I, and I, and I th what goes back in my mind, you explained one time when you guys were, were taking on a project where you were building um, convenience stores. And the gas station pumps and the thinking differently, meaning the traditional way was you erect the steel and then you build the canopy with the lighting and these type of things afterwards. And you have to worry about fall protection. And someone came up with the idea of why don't we, why don't we build it on the ground, which is, di which is a yeah, completely yeah, different yeah. way of doing it. And, you and it, it's not traditional. But the results of that was higher reliability and higher profits. Yeah, and this is based on a model that's not new to our industry. It, it's actually a model that's used in many industries, right? The hierarchy of his risk control. And on the very top of that inverter pyramid is elimination, right? That's the best way to mitigate a risk if you can eliminate that risk. Um, and that's, that's really one of the best controls out there. And they start working down that pyramid to engineers controls, substitution, engineer controls, and then administrative controls that I think through the pandemic we learned very well that to be very ineffective, right? At, yep. at every uh, um, commercial property or, or business in the U.S., there's a sign at the door. 
And we know very well how we comply with that sign <laughs> on the door, right? That's administrative control. There's not a lot of success linked directly to that piece of paper, you know, uh, attached to the door. On the other hand, though, on the means and methods, on the engineering, and on changing just sometimes the sequence of how you do things can have a significant impact, impact on success. And success, um, again, I'll link back to quality, safety, you know, uh, budgeting, right? Because the results are much greater. And one of the biggest risks we face in construction and, and overall, even going back to compliance, is fall hazards, mm -hmm. right? So no better way to really eliminate that to trying to do on the ground as much as you can. And, and it's widely being done in our industry through modelization and pre-assembly and pre-erection. And all those things really create a significant tangible impact on the outcome. Yeah. So that's the approach. I like to take that approach on everything that we do. Is there any way here we can be more efficient, but just looking outside the box? And other markets are doing, right? Other markets are evolving differently. And when I say markets, I mean globally speaking, right? The construction industry has evolved differently in, in different parts of the globe. Yeah. And sometimes we have to look outside and see what our neighbors are doing, right? Well, and I think that it's a, and, and the interesting conversation, too, about, you know, the operations and the finance management of, of, of an organization when you're taking on a project or, or a division. And, you know, the, the willingness and, the, and the, um, the ability to listen to, to the resources, but then also and and having the having the desire to want to have more resources and and uh, support for them to be able to make good decisions. Uh, the other part is, you know, in the old days, perhaps it, it's a qualification and a and a capability issue as well, um, where companies had safety professionals that were more, their expertise was more about walking the job sites and pointing out hazards at that time. It's a different individual sometimes to, to be able to then be in a pre-construction meeting to be able to have good conversations peer-to-peer -peer in that planning stage. Yeah, for the longest time, I think our industry was driven by by compliance, right? So you had a lot of safety professionals come into this industry as as literally as safety cops. They're just looking at compliance books and looking at numbers and looking at and at some of the controls that are capturing the book. There's way more than 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 what's capturing the compliance standards, right? Um, the industry has evolved quite a bit, so there's a lot of innovative products and and solutions out there that can deliver greater values now. Are we talking about that? Are we are we discussing those opportunities early on? Or are we just waiting until we start seeing workers out there with hard hats and safety glasses to start chasing noncompliance? There's only so much you're going to get out of that exercise. If you engage early on, you know, you're going to minimize your time in the front line. They're correcting unsafe conditions, you know, and collect more of good positive results. That's how I see it delivers the, the greatest results for everybody. And it makes you feel... A little more rewarded. He's part of the team. He's just just not like a, a separate entity that's <laughs> coming out there just to point fingers, right? And yep. and talk about things that people are not doing right. So I, I think it really brings a lot of benefits to the entire group. And so if we switch now towards, so where's Samit going? I mean, the, the growth has continued steadily. Uh, more growth? 
Uh, I think so. I More mean, complexity. Growth, if, if you're really good at what you do, growth is in, inevitable, right? I mean, you're going to continue to grow. Um, but now one thing that's really important that I heard, and it was music to my ears, that um, by talking to all of our leaders, we want to continue the growth, but we, we don't want to really change who we are. We want it to be uh, an organic growth. We want to keep our DNAs. We want to keep our our relationship with our stakeholders, clients, and associates, right? We want to Sam it to feel like Sam it five years from now. And we're really highlighting the need to remain who we are despite of who we become in a few years to come. So as you see, Salmon has a strategy to grow from within the markets that we're already operating. So if you look at the map there, you're going to see the circles of operations that we have, and they all overlap, overlap, overlap in one way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to expand with, within that, that influence that we already have. So that way, it's not like we're deploying a group of uh, new associates to a place that's so far away that we wouldn't have the same influence, the same impact, the same resources, right? If you grow within those circles, we're more likely to be successful to maintain the organizational structure that we have today. So we already identify a few markets that we're already operating in, you know, whether by a client or by an opportunity that we have on the property side, on the semi property side. We're already operating these new markets that eventually they're going to become what we call a region uh, that we have an established presence on. So probably not a Houston, Texas uh, footprint not, not yet. at this point, right? <laughs> Yeah, we may see one cl- closer to Florida as you, as you're going down there, and and uh, yeah, no, back, it's back very home. possible. I think the the two closest market now that we're already kind of expanding to be Richmond, Virginia, and and Jacksonville, Florida, for instance, right? Yeah, um, there's a few hours there from our Savannah office that makes it very doable, attractive, manageable, and the same thing um, as far as Richmond. We already have operations going on in there at the moment. Yeah, yeah. No, it's exciting. So. Um, in kind of wrapping this up to, I think that, you know, I go back to kind of what brought you here, which was kind of the, 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 um, almost going back to roots of who Manny is, but, but let's say now, because you're, you're now in a different season of your life where you are a teacher and you are a resource, but let's say you met Manny, 19 year old Manny, who Ooh. just came off the plane and uh, and you now can be his coach and advisor out there. What would you tell him? Man. Young Manny, That's experienced, seasoned Manny meets young Manny. And what are what are the things you wish you would have known back then that you know now? Well, that's an excellent question, right? And then there's no way I can answer that question without mentioning something that's really personal to me that, that kind of changed my life both professionally and personally. Um, I was early on in my career as a safety professional. I was involved in a catastrophic event. It was a very serious accident involving a tower crane uh, where two people lost their lives. Uh, one person was really close to me and my family. Uh, was my assistant, son of a, a close uh, friend of mine that worked with us at the time. And, and that event really taught me so much from both a, a personal side, the emotional impact of a serious uh, incident, right, in our, in our industry, that 
I cannot even begin to explain the, the impact of a catastrophic event like this, the emotional side, the financial impact, um, the, I already mentioned the emotional, the physical impact, right? And, and you have a lot of decisions to make when you're involved in a serious event like this. You can just walk away run away from that event and from that experience altogether, you know, and, and that's very common. And a lot of humans do that. I don't ever want to do that again, mm -hmm. you know, involving a motorcycle. I'm never going to go on a motorcycle again or, or in many instances, that's a, a typical reaction. Or, or um, you really want to stay in it and, and do the best you can to prevent anyone from ever going through that again. And that's the many that you see today. Um, I open my eyes to the technical side of things, to understanding how things uh, are, are put together, to understand how things are supposed to work. So I became very technical and understanding, okay, if we have to be do this safely, what do we have to do that's tangible, that's technical, that has to be there, otherwise things can go south big time, right? And I had a lot of time to think about that, to do my research, to decide. That didn't happen overnight, right? It was really a, a painful experience in a way. But if you're talking about cranes, for instance, right, that with my previous employer, I was considered a subject matter expert. I never called myself that, but that was one of the personal decisions I made. I want to learn as much as I can about cranes to really, if I go out there on a crane erection or a crane jump that most people are passing right under, don't even realize is going on, that we can do all the right things to prevent a catastrophe from happening. And believe it or not, they happen quite often. You, mm -hmm. you turn on the news, you see in, in the last 10 years, you know, the amount of tower crane collapse that have happened throughout the U.S. and globally, right? So they're not that uncommon uh, as people think they are. So I would really go back and, and work your relationships, right? Pay attention to people. We learn so much from people. They're right next to us, and sometimes we don't even pay attention. Right. Just embrace those learning opportunities because there's a lot of uh, uh, that can come out of it. Right. By just learning from your peers. And, and it's right among us all the time. People mm -hmm. with more experience, people that have been doing longer, people that have a lot to offer. And quite often we don't take advantage of that. So that's my biggest advice to the young professionals. Take advantage of people that are next to you that can teach you valuable lessons, life lessons and professional lessons and experience right from just time in the field um i think that that would be my my biggest feedback to that young man you know don't think you know it all just yeah pay attention to the people around you maybe, maybe we should put a uh maybe we should put a picture of young manny in the show notes here <laughs> 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 now manny you're in a special place you're in you're here for a reason um and 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 and, and the ability to give back you're in a sandbox in, in in a more seasoned time of your career, but you're in a sandbox where you can apply this experience and and the and the um, and the knowledge. But but you know, I I, I I look back in my career of of how much time we spend in the ramp up and learning part, and then and it's incredibly rewarding to learn and to learn. But there's a difference when you can also teach and when you can give and when you can, you know, uh, just from your heart be able to say, sure, I'm here to help you. And it could be a big thing. It could be a small thing. But the ability to, uh, to be a valuable resource to people, I think, is what's incredibly rewarding professionally or personally. So Yeah, in indeed. And, and I have to, to, to confess and... and, and 
thank Salmon for that platform, right? Because, I mean, having experience and have learned and have all these knowledge to share, if you're not given the platform, there's so much you can do, right? So Salmon provided that platform, and they, they trusted uh, me and, and what I had to offer, right? has been a, an incredible relationship there with my leaders, my, my leaders, our associates, the people that I work with. So, um when you got an incredible team, and I, I, it's a, it's a, it's probably a segue into a, a, another conversation for another day about how do you build a successful team uh, within your risk management journey, which is you can't do it alone. That's for sure. But oh, absolutely. But and that, that and that's something that I've I've watched and and seen how that how how you empower them and 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 challenge them as well. Uh, which is fun to, fun to see, and how do they integrate and interact with operations, and it's kind of seamless yeah, at Salmon. Yeah. So we're we're glad to have you here in North Carolina. I can I can honestly say that. Oh, thank you, Scott. Now we going back to the team. We could not do Salmon could not do it without the the team we have in place on the on the safety side. Incredibly talented individuals. They have a lot to offer. Um, Incredible culture they bring as well. You know, they just add significant value to who we are. So you, you're absolutely on point there. Well, <laughs> we're going to wrap it up here. Thanks for jumping on, and uh, hopefully we can. Uh, if you, if anybody want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to to contact Manny Souza? Well, my professional email, Manny uh, Am Sousa at samitcorp.com, or my cell phone. I always answer my cell phone if I'm up and 786-298-9218. Yeah, and you can contact me as well if you want to get in touch with Manny. So thanks so much.